Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Hey, everybody, and thank you for joining me. This is Richard Listens, and this is the Richard Listens Show. I'm grateful for all the wonderful contributions and guests we've been having lately. Thank you again to all my subscribers, for all of you who've been signing up for email lists, signing up on our Patreon.com page to support the show, Patreon.com slash Richard Listens, Instagram at Richard Listens. Please tweet at me. Instagram, Facebook, sign up, subscribe, and listen. Please take the time, send this to two friends that you think might like the show. And we thank you for being present where we bring incredible human beings and their stories and their journeys present to you to channel their stories and experience. Today, I have an incredible coach, former athlete in his 20s, Brian Costello, who currently is a corporate coach. He's also an author, and he has been through the journey himself with burnout, injury, loss of identity, and spent the time figuring out his passion and purpose in life towards success and balance, and now has his own health and performance business. He is the founder and CEO of Elevate Your Existence, and he'll tell us all about his book, and all the great work that he's doing. Without further ado, I introduce to you Mr. Brian Costello. Okay, welcome to the show, Brian Costello. After we've gotten done singing your praises, thank you for joining us and making time in your busy end of a work week. Are you on yeah. the East Coast? I'm on the East Coast, so it's five o'clock on Friday, but this is a great way to end the, end the week. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited. Are you in New York? Yes, New York. I'm on Long Island, so not in New York City. I'm about an hour and a half away from the kind of madness that's been going on. And not that there's been much less madness on Long Island, but Manhattan been been a little crazy. I've been avoiding going in there at all, really, in the last I know. Season. All my friends are moving out of there. I'm, I'm from uh, Rockville Center myself. So. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know if you're an Islander fan, but uh, I am uh, loosely. I, when I was younger, it's much more. But I, I know there was a kind of a heartbreaking loss last night. So yeah, uh, so that's, that's a bummer. strange era of like sports and the pandemic. Like, yes, 
<laughs> yeah, it's, I wasn't keeping too close of track to begin with, and then in the last, you know, during this, I I'm I can't even try to keep track of what's going on. The baseball, they're like clinching playoffs already, and they're like, you know, the season just started a month ago. I'm like, how? What the heck is going on? Yeah. Did but, you think uh, about? Did you have a desire to be one of those cardboard cardboard cutouts to be at a baseball no, game? Didn't really call to me. Thought it was kind of interesting, funny. At this point, nothing surprises. So <laughs> it, was, it was a creative idea, you know, something make this whole thing fun i guess you know that's right we've got to find new and creative ways to bring joy and, and to bring ingenuity to the workplace tell us a little about your company 023 and the work you're doing out there to help athletes and you know how did you get started on this journey yourself cool that, that's a good question sometimes it's the hardest hardest <laughs> one to answer because there's a lot that's gone into this most recent relevant kind of history i started in right out of college and went into the fitness space and uh, i opened a gym. I, it was a CrossFit gym. You're probably familiar with CrossFit. Something out here called functional movement, which they were like CrossFit light. I don't know. Yeah based out of the CrossFit space, but similar. CrossFit kind of changed, really was the main disruptor in the fitness industry in the last decade. Totally transformed the landscape of how you see fitness. You know, when you walk into a gym now, there's some impact of CrossFit in there. You know, no matter if it's a CrossFit gym or not, you're going to see that kind of stuff. The methodology that they brought out really shook things up in a big way. And I was a very early adopter to that. I was all in on it. I went into school for something else else, but just put that aside and went right into uh, opening a, an affiliate right out of school. I competed in CrossFit as well as a different event, which I'll kind of hit on in a moment, a different sport altogether. You know, at a young age, I, I was all in head first. I was an entrepreneur, which was super exciting and grinding my gears and just putting everything into everything I was doing. doing at the same time? Yeah. So I was competing in CrossFit, competing in another event, like I said, I'll, I'll hit on in a moment, and then running this CrossFit gym. But all three of those things I was trying to do at a very, very high level, right? I kind of took entrepreneurship in the same approach that I had taken sports in my life, not so much to like beat other people, but just to like absolutely do the best I possibly kind of crush it. So, you know, in my early mid 20s, I was able to sort of balance all all three of these things with essentially a hundred percent focus on each one. I was, you know, extremely fortunate to have a, a lot of success with the business. I also had some decent success as a CrossFit athlete, at least in the early days. As the sport evolved, it kind of outpaced me a little bit. And then I also competed in it's a little bit of an obscure sport, but growing up in high school and college, I was an ocean life. And you probably don't know this, not many people, at least in the United States do, but there's competition, the ocean lifeguard competitions that are actually quite competitive in the international is actually a much bigger sport. Like uh, distance swim and like carrying a dummy to the... <laughs> yeah, you know, you're not too far off. There's all different variations, like swimming events, beach sprinting events, which is what I did. I did all, believe it or not, I would I'd travel all over to do these competitions. I didn't actually even go in the water. Like my event doesn't even involve the water, <laughs> which throws people who are like, are always confused by that. And then there's like, you know, surfboard paddles and different kinds of relays and all this stuff. And countries like Australia, New Zealand, it's like a huge, huge sport for them, South Africa and stuff. But in the United States, it's not quite as big, but I was I was fortunate enough to have tremendous success in that sport. I took it very seriously. I won the national championship five times, actually, in my sport. Wow. So I was, again, blessed enough to be able to be on the United States team. I got to travel Australia, Japan, France, all these different places for, for several 
years. So I was trying to compete at an international level in one sport. So I was, you know, competing at an international sport, competing at a high level in CrossFit, and then trying to, again, like run this very busy business. And um, eventually, you know, I, there was, it all was great for a few years, kind of winning, quote unquote, in all these areas. And then all of a sudden, it just started catching I would say the wheels started falling off right away, but there was the stress started catching up. And Brian, where was this drive coming from? I always ask people, right? Because when you're driven to success, it's like an amazing thing that so many people really want to aspire to. But what was pushing you to go 100% on so many realms? Yeah, that's a great question. Competing in general was nothing new. I grew up kind of a typical typical jock. Everything I learned, I wanted to win. Sports and athletics was really my thing um, more than anything else. In fact, I like, I regret neglecting music and art and all that stuff because now as an adult, a lot of those things interest me. But as a kid, I couldn't get me to pay attention to anything that wasn't a sport or a competition. I didn't pan out in my high school and collegiate sports the way I always imagined I would as a kid growing up. You know, we always have these big, big goals. I kind of fell a little short. I mean, I had I'm proud of the things I did, but you know, on paper and stuff, it's not what I always thought I was do. So when I actually, so I wrestled into into college. I didn't finish all four years. I just was getting burnt out and whatnot. But you know, for a few years, I thought my athletic career was over. You know, I was in my low twenties, still felt like I was in great shape in my prime and stuff. But I was like, I don't play any sports stuff. So I was a little bit lost. And that's why one of the reasons CrossFit really sucked me in because there was a competitive aspect to it. And then I started competing. So my event was called Beach Flat Lifeguard. I actually didn't start that until my 20s either. And all of a sudden I was like, wow, I have this chance. I went from like regret. I didn't hit my goals. I was kind of like a failure or whatever, like to like, holy shit, I have another chance here to like compete in things. And most people don't get that chance in their 20s to start like new sports that are actually competitive where you travel and to either different states or different countries, you know, really make a big thing out of it. So as I found that opportunity presenting itself, I actually, I got almost more driven than I ever was as a child because you know how we look back and we're like, if I would have known this and I would have known that when I was competing, if I would have just known then what I know now, I would have been able to be so much better. And all of a sudden I was like, well, now I do know a lot more. You know, I can look back at all these failures and all these things that didn't pan out and learn from them instead of living in hindsight for the rest of my life, I can actually have another chance. You know, when you say that, it reminds me, I mean, not only from personal experience with something very close to CrossFit, but even trying to compete, you know, as a basketball player for the over 40 division now, <laughs> still wanting to be a part of things and still having that yeah. inner desire to succeed. What I was thinking about for the, you know, the hockey metaphor is like, there's always like a veteran who joins, even in basketball too, who joins like a championship team mm -hmm. and they have no ego, like they're willing to play, you know, limited minutes on select games. And it's like they have the wisdom of experience yes. that you carry with you. So it's important, you know, when I work with athletes, it's always like failure is learning. If you take it on as failure or you internalize it is where it can be damaged because of course but if we're constantly having this beginner's mind of learning adapting right in a way you have a lot more advantages than someone who's you know just trying something for the first time and, yeah and doesn't consider 
their opponents or doesn't consider the obstacles or that they could lose. Absolutely. Uh, that's a really awesome point. And in high school, it was like I either, you know, I lost and I was just pissed and that's it. I wasn't really reflecting and asking myself what I should have done differently, what I could learn better. And then, like we were saying, you know, all of a sudden, like our athletic careers is pretty much abruptly stopped. You know, college at the latest, really, from 99.9% of people. And we still feel like we can do more, but we feel like, you know, something we, we dedicate our whole life to is just over. And then I'm looking back in kind of shame and regret. And where I didn't learn the lessons in high school and college, I was now sitting and simmering with all these like lessons that I really as I matured, I realized a lot about my mental game as a young athlete was not there. I didn't really know how to step up on a big stage and get the job done. You know, so then as I'm learning these lessons, reflecting on my past, I'm like, now I have a chance to do this, right? Now I have a chance to apply this. So I think the original question was, so yeah, I was more determined than ever to, like, to go out and kind of take this shot at these new sports. In some ways, I almost like I had a mental thing on most of my competitors because, because of that. And I just sort of like kind of figured out how to win that sounds weird um but in high like i said in high school and college i would just kind of like as i got to the big stage i would sort of shut down and then now at this point in my life i was like on the bigger the stage the better i did because i was like hey i'm not getting another shot you know this is it you know i'm in my 20s like the moment. i appreciated the moment um the opportunities uh i thrived on the pressure more than cowered from it as i did when i was younger i was just you know more mature better mindset and all those things and just for our list what do you think was the shift there? Because uh, plenty of listeners are, you know, they're going from, they're hoping to play in college or they're, you know, maybe they're hoping to be that few percentage point that plays afterwards, or at least they're having thoughts about it. So what shifted from fear to thriving under the pressure? What was the biggest internal shift? Think about that a lot. And I think something I didn't quite understand as a young ass was that, you know, my nervousness going, you know, I'll use wrestling because that was my kind of main competitive sport. And it's a very unique sport because it's one-on-one and so high pressure. And I don't know if you know much about the wrestling culture, but it's, it's win, 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 or, you know, or that's it. Like, there's no like, oh, good try, which is a problem, but that's just what it is. Close to MMA and I've been, but I'm also reading right now, Fighter's Mind by Sam Shepard. Fabulous book, but he's talking about, is it Dan Gable, the, the wrestling? Yep. Mm-hmm. once yes <laughs> and he says he's still haunted like yes i was just telling someone the other day how i'm still haunted about my high school final loss in county semifinals like i still think about it 16 years later or whatever it haunts me it literally replays in my mind all the time but one of the things i realized is at that age i would get nervous and pressure would build and i'd be up all night and all that stuff not realizing i never quite realized that my opponents were experiencing the same thing. The more nervous I got, the more I felt at like a disadvantage. This guy's feeling all confident and ready to go. And I'm sitting here feeling nervous and butterflies in my stomach and all of that. And as I've aged, I realized that that's how both sides feel, right? Mm -hmm. A really awesome, like little story kind of lesson. No, I like heard a version of it and kind of tweaked it to my, my needs a little bit. It's a really cool little lesson I plan on trying to maybe even teach my kids someday. But basically picture a lion, right? Chasing a gazelle in the, in the wild in Africa or whatever. The both of those animals are experiencing essentially the same physiological effect. They have heightened adrenaline 
right? They're both in they're both in fight or flight. Even though one's flight and one's fight, they're both in fight or flight, super high stress. Um, the one, you know, one needs to either get away or it's going to die. The other needs to hunt and kill or it will eventually die also. So there's a lot on the line. So physiologically, if you had them hooked up to monitors, they're experiencing the exact thing. However, there's a one very, very big difference and it's that the line is choosing to be there and feels that they are the, you uh, you know, they're in control because they're making this situation happen. Antelope wants to just get out. So once I realized that and I started applying that and I would step up competitions on stage, I realized everybody out here feels the same way, right? The lion is the one who, who feels superior. And I was able to start channeling that energy more into in just a more positive way. Like the more excited and nervous I got, the better I felt ready to go. It's not it right there, right? The principles of physiological psychology, that same continuum, anxiety and excitement are yes. connected. So yes. we often say, well, I'm noticing these pregame jitters. You, know, you see athletes bouncing up and down before they, everything, right? You see Michael Phelps swinging the arms, whatever he's like, but they're feeling pressure. They're feeling intensity. They know that they are about to go into this situation where their fight or flight, right, is going mm-hmm. to be that there's pressure and there's consequences. So how do you turn that nervousness into excitement? It was the same energy channeled in two different directions. And once I learned how to do that... What was one shift you made to bring the excitement out? Started being a little less humble. And not necessarily outwardly, but inward. I started being like, no, I'm going to win this thing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm here. I'm the man. I'm going to, you know, they don't want to run again. And I wasn't really able to do that so much as it did because I was very, very modest. You know, I was taught very great principles by my parents, coaches, and stuff like that. I was always extremely modest, but I never realized that like, you didn't have to be that modest in your own head, you know? So even like Derek Jeter, so like, on someone like Derek Jeter, you know, he's, you know how he is in interviews and stuff. He's Derek Jeter. He's, but you know, in his head, when playoff baseball and he's up at bat, in his mind, he's not speaking to himself the same way he's speaking to the interviewers after the game, right? There's self-talk there. I don't know if you're familiar with NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. I'm only vaguely familiar, but the idea of the, the linguistic in the language of our internal conversations, internal dialogue is so, so powerful. The the subconscious, the unconscious, and the way we think about ourselves or, you know, mm-hmm. if you're already defeated, if you already believe you're going to get up there. We had Bob Tewksbury on the show, old baseball pitcher mm-hmm. from back in the day, and he was talking about when he faced Barry Bonds. Like, he had this war, you know, with himself. So he's like, laughs about it because he's the only guy who gave up, like, you know, two homers in the same game or something. (laughs) But, you know, but it was about this, like, I'm not going to give in. I'm going to stay with my approach Mm -hmm. was was my real takeaway. He was going to beat him or lose to him by being the best at what he did. Right. Yeah, that concept. So if there's, like, younger listeners listening, and like you said, like, anybody really, like, the don't worry about what your internal dialogue would sound like if it was said out loud. Because then we start to filter ourselves and we don't need to do that. You know what I mean? I don't want to give the wrong impression that I was like this like cocky, you know, SOB. But, you know, in my mind, I was pumped that I was there to win and and that's it. It's funny that we have it. I see you smiling because it's like we know people are listening. We know people are looking at us. And we do have these parts of our character. And depending on your personality, if we are a people pleaser... We want mm-hmm. to be liked. We respect authority. Coaches, team could always be trained to defer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So 
being trained that you can, you, you know, that you have the belief that you can make that shot when you get that ball and you're looking yes. for that opportunity that if it's there as well, right? So that permission, it's that permission that they're not mutually exclusive. You can be the Derek Jeter. You can become the eventual owner of a franchise or mayor, but you can also have that, what Tim Grover calls, right? The closers mentality. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. So that was the difference for, for me. And, you know, in like in high school, I was like, you know, I would lose. I lost so many close matches, you know, that like I couldn't always figure out how to like really win that big match on the big stage. And then when I got into this beach flags event, I just decided that I I wasn't going to lose. I just like kind of made that decision and just kind of taught myself how to win. And, you know, again, I'm getting older. This is going through my 20s. I was competing up till age 28. I'm an adult now and I'm a man. And I like, I'm starting to realize, you know, then I also had experience and wisdom and even a reputation a little bit within the sport and stuff like that so that all helped as well and that fueled those things as opposed to like you get in there and you know some of these guys don't want to run against you it makes it easier to but anyway so that that was a, a very exciting period of my life and incredibly valuable for so many different reasons i was able to compete you know in national championships and the world championships but i i think the original point i was getting to is that you know it all started catching up and it all started really becoming too much to handle and you know trying to especially the business really more than anything probably because um, it was just never ending. so this is when I was just owning a gym it was a lot and for a young kid and we had a very you know like I said I was I was fortunate we had a lot of members I was managing a lot of relations right so I had 200 plus members of my gym who I had like a personal relationship to some extent with all of them, team of full-time staff. There was just a lot, a lot to manage all the time. And I, my own kind of self relationship, you know, my own, um, I was prior, you know, if we had 250 members, I was priority 251, you know, and um, started getting really, really burnt out. All of these things kind of just came to an end okay. kind of same time. And that actually made it worse is like, I ended up stepping away from beach flags not really on my own terms i i was like injured one one year and was like just gonna take a year off i never ended up back um and crossfit was the same thing and then you know there were some changes in the business there were some personal you know relationships that kind of started crumbling and all of a sudden i was like you know i was on top of the world and then all of a sudden i was feeling like everything was slipping away and all that was left was me you know broken down beaten stressed out every joint in my body was hurting you know hadn't slept in you know whatever like had that entrepreneur grind mindset still i didn't you know that was a problem as well i didn't know how to really balance that you know you got the gary v hustle 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 mentality doesn't work <laughs> i'm learning now in my new business ventures um but anyway so what happened was i essentially i decided to move on from the business i had sold the gym uh, took some time to really just work on myself i was afforded the opportunity to just take some time off really just start to reconnect with myself and what what makes me happy and um, kind of be okay with the athletic career ending although it's still been this battle of like uh, I kind of want to get back in there still you know um, but uh, being okay with like letting that go like I said it's not been easy it's a process but and what happened was I really took a, a very hard look at what was going on because I was a fitness coach and basically leader of a 
fitness community. And although I had the sort of surface level accolades or whatever you want to call it, you know, I looked fit and I had these like big boxes checked, like competitive athlete. I internally felt off and I really wasn't healthy. I wasn't healthy. I constantly was so overtired. I was living on cat. I was stressed to death. I didn't know how to manage my own, couldn't think clearly and make decisions. And it was my, all of the important relationships in my life were starting to kind of, you know, come across, come apart at the seams a little bit. You know, that's not what health is. You know, that's not, that's not health. Just having muscles, which I had more of back then, but just having muscles and, you know, like a, whatever, a six pack and being able to do stuff, you know, athletically doesn't mean your health. It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run, but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash Richard Listens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash Richard Listens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports, all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens. And if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. Right, even the lions need to rest from pride. Yes, right. In fact, so what I started really doing was started reconnecting with nature quite a bit. Where I was living at the time on Long Island was very rural. I was out in kind of like wooded lake area. So I was taking these long hikes, started eating really clean, like local organic farms nearby and stuff, reconnecting with nature. And that, that I started realizing things like that. Like even a lion, they rest almost all day. You know what I mean? Like they, they rest quite quite a bit and they they eat when they're hungry they sleep when they're tired they rest a ton they don't carry stress so one of the things like i talk about a lot is how animals they're in fight or flight but it's very short like when the mailman comes to the door my dog goes crazy <laughs> five but three minutes later she's sleeping again on the couch and what we do as humans we carry the stress with us all the time and so like it would be like if we when you know every time we retell a story or we relive or did you hear what happened or this is we're reliving the stress and the physiologically it feels the same so if my dog was going around all day saying did you see what happened before the mailman when my wife was, the mailman came before no you know if they re relive that all the time, they would be very unhealthy and very stressed. And, but that's what we do. So I started paying very, very close attention to the, the human, you know, natural human design and 
our, our nature around us in that relationship and not just paying attention to it, but then learning from a lot of holistic coaches. I went on, I kind of went on this like pretty deep sort of, you know, finding myself sort of thing uh, where holistic lifestyle just became my, my focus. And I was basically rebuilding myself because I was like, all this stuff I had essentially gone. Can't be maintained in that, in that style. No, exactly. And now it's like, if all those things are gone, you know, I shouldn't need all of those things to feel good and happy like now that they're gone i feel like i was like wrecked you know i was in ruins i didn't feel like i didn't have much to show for it after all this time and whatnot it's like well i'm kind of pretty much starting over here you know the next half of my life is going to look different i didn't know what it was going to be yet but i knew it was going to be different so i really went on some deep dive kind of deeper sort of spiritual work i did a very long fast um which was a very transformative stage of my life the, during the fast and afterwards and um, how long was this fast <laughs> it was 30 days, actually, 30 days. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about myself during that and started to piece together, you know, what health really is and how we should be feeling and, and that the human experience is essentially supposed to feel amazing, you know, and similar to the lion or other animals. If we just, you know, eat when we're hungry, sleep when we're tired, you know, adjust to the seasons, eat local food, like we would reach full genetic expression just the same way they do. Lions don't exercise, uh, you know, they play mainly it's their main form of, of, of preparing. Very important point. Right. right. Yeah. So they, play. right. They play to prepare for, for hunting and fighting and protection. Also they, they prepare for that through play. Um, but there's an, the feeling of it being play keeps the stress, you know, their kind of stress levels and stuff very low and it's a very natural thing. So I started studying all of these topics and I started realizing how much was missing in the just life experience from like in modern society, like we just were, we're way off the mark in so many ways that we're living. So many things we consider normal, feelings, anxieties, depressions, you know, relationship issues, you know, fear, doubt, scarcity, you know, all this stuff that like we all, every single one of us deal with are really not supposed to be there, you know, like, and then I'm like, well, how, you know, why, why do we all feel so bad? Like we essentially have all this technology and all these things, like we should be, you know, just thriving all the time and we're actually it's, it's the opposite as that as we sort of become more advanced in that in te technological standpoint we're actually decline just you know health and happiness in general so i was really trying to figure a lot of things out and ask a lot of hard questions and essentially i realized that even you know in the fitness world especially these are people that are coming to the gym and they're working out and they're doing all the right things but they're still similar to me we're still missing the, the big picture. Started putting together these holistic lifestyle optimization system that can be used within essentially the fitness industry first. But you know the, the, the plan is to go much further with that, but to start with the people who are already kind of like bought in and, and want to do the best for themselves, but still feel a lot of missing links, uh, similar to what I was saying. So I started building these systems and essentially created this, this methodology and very sequenced and sequential structured kind of transformation i was like how do i take somebody how do i take myself three years ago or four years ago and get me to where i am today without without you know in a fit in a more of a straight line without all the emotional turmoil and stuff with um which was a, a very tough thing and i still still the active focus of affecting system. so now I'm, I'm working with coaches in the primarily fitness and health coaching and life coaching industries and giving them these tools to help their clients in these you know fundamental transformation and really 
really just kind of shift the perspective on what it really means to be healthy and happy. And uh, we do it, it's, it's unique because we do it without using a lot of heavy sign. In fact, we use almost entirely things that we can see for ourselves and feel for us. So like everyday language and everyday example. So even like, you know, complex topic, I've, I've spent much, much time, what I call decomplexifying. And like, which is just another word of kind of saying simplifying, but simplifying in a way where they can understand a, a, a complex topic, but in everyday language. So they can like actually almost learn it. And like, and then when people have these shifts, cause we can, I can give them a meal plan. I can give them a bunch of things to do. And those will be changes, but to have a transformation, you need a full perspective shift. You need to like understand it differently. So that's what I'm trying to take to the world now. And with doing that, I've also, I don't know how familiar you are with like the coaching industry, but Fitness most coaches are like, just life coaching. Fitness coaching, life coaching, health coaching. And the, the summary is there's a lot of great people who have a lot of knowledge, but they don't really know how to, what to do with it and how to systemize it. And they don't really know how to make enough money to be happy. And they don't know how to find the people that need them, actually help those people make change. So what I realized is like, hey, I can put a lot of people, I can put maybe 50 people a year through my uh, my holistic methodology, you know, my own system, and, you know, help 50 people and make good money and be happy. Or I could put coaches, 50, 60, 100 coaches a year, and they could all go out and 60 people a year or whatever, and then have much, much massive. Uh, that you know, Once I married the, the business, the coaching and the business together business has really started uh, we have coaches all over the country out teaching this methodology really so this is all under the o23 platform yeah yeah that's the main platform i do some i do a good amount of one-on-one -on -one mentorship as well for coaches who don't quite need that exact type of stuff but still need help, you know, delivering a, a, a higher impact and creating a higher income. But yeah, most of it is under the open. So how are people finding you? How are you reaching them across the country? Yeah, so we uh, How are you doing it with balance and keeping hey. uh, your, your wisdom intact? Uh, yeah. Keep the path. Right. So that's, the, uh, that's an important point that I think we should definitely hit is that I am built this business around my ideal lifestyle. Right. And which is what I teach these coaches to do as well. It's like your lifestyle, your health first, your happiness first. And then the business has to fit within that framework. And that and most of them are doing um teaching most how to build remote uh, programs so they can have more freedom. But the important is thing is it's not like my old business where I was the last thing on the list. Now I'm the first thing on the list. And it forces you, it forces me to be incredibly productive with my time, incredibly efficient with my time and focused and regimented. But because I can do that, I can still maintain a lifestyle that's not only manageable, but a lifestyle that actually still has me progressing forward and be bettering myself every day. And with the coaches, it's really important that we're doing that because that's essentially what we, we're helping other people, right? And then we can lead from this constant, this relentless pursuit of sort of self-mastery becomes what we now can turn around and teach to others well. Earlier point about, you know, NLP or 
or, you know, what I do with EMDR, you know, addressing moving people from kind of early beliefs that may be limiting mm. and causing us pain, which we learn from life experiences and that we may have been unintended consequences pushing us into overdrive or too much people pleasing and too much putting output and not enough internal regulation. So, you know, the, the fact that you're living it, it's projecting, right, exactly that. Like, I can live in mastery and help. Exactly, right. And that's like sort of my internal goal was like, I want to just create the best possible, like just version of myself. This is before I, when I was still kind of finding myself, like, what can I, how can I wake up every morning focusing on mastering myself. And, and just so people know, mastering doesn't mean perfection, right? It's never going to, we're never going to reach this, you know, end goal. There's just a constant um, evolution of ourselves. But how can I make that the main priority in my life and then allow that to be my career by essentially helping other people do the exact same thing and then teaching them how to help other people do the exact thing, right? That's been fun because it allows me to lead through my own, uh, my own struggles, my own successes, and be a truly authentic leader of like, this is what I'm working on. This is where I'm struggling. This is, you know, this is where I've struggled in the past and now I've had success. This is where I'm struggling now. This is where I want to go. And all of the lessons I've learned along the way immediately just become part of my education that I can help others. So beautiful. So. Yeah. And, and to your point, you know, mastery involves, you know, part of the, the chapters in my book coming out uh, this year going to be about. The importance of, you know, first of all, it takes a village, right? We're not in it yes. on our own. We always right. need mentors of our own. And we yes. always need the power of social support in whatever way we can get others to enlist for us moving towards our goals. And it's amazing to me that when I am moving towards mastery, improvement, learning, then I'm always amazed that there's like a student comes on who would like to learn from me or what I have. Like when I'm not putting all the pressure that I have to be the man in that realm, it comes with ease. Yes. Because I'm, I'm kind of drawing it in yes. uh, as opposed to forcing it or needing it to happen and needing the result to happen to validate my own role as a coach or therapist, right, or consultant. Yeah, yeah, that that's an awesome point. When, and also I think when you're not trying to, like you when you're not trying to be perfect, like the more we... we are vulnerable and showing that we're not like we think as leaders like I can't really show my my bad side so to speak because you know I'm supposed to be like the role model I'm supposed to be the coach I'm supposed to be the leader and we try to be like perfect and show this perfect version of ourselves all the time and we don't end up attracting as many people as we think and then once we kind of let that guard down and be vulnerable and talk about our struggles and our successes then people like you said will come like people seek you out more because now you're relatable now they feel like oh this is you know i can learn from this guy he's he's dealing with the same type of stuff That's that right. I, i'm dealing as the biggest struggle for the therapist is like well we don't want to self-disclose this whole thing about like this is about the person you're serving it's not about you but there's this so there's, there's always this you like you talked about that over that shutdown like you know just stay in your lane stay in your role but if you could reveal that you've been through an experience or sh or really display true care because you do feel 
what that person is going through. Mm -hmm. You've been there. You've been burnt out. You've been exhausted. You've been checking your emails at 7 a.m. and at 2 a.m. And you felt what they're feeling right now and how, like, what's the point, right? Yeah. I thought this was the destination and instead this feels like a flat tire, right? So revealing that, right, it builds trust. Yes. It builds connection, right? Mm -hmm. I thought there was a dollar amount or a certain amount of clients was my goal. When one of my clients told me this week, whatever you say, I trust you. I said, that's uh, it. Now I know I'm moving towards mastery. Yeah. If I get that, if I can get that across the board, or at least with the majority of my clients, I know I'm going in the right direction. That's, that is such a good point. Such an awesome point. In fact, not too long ago, I had a client say, make a kind of a comment towards me of like, you know, I was teaching them these systems and they said something, well, it's easy for you. Like, you know, but you were not like, she said something like that, you know? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, and what I had, hadn't realized is she didn't really know the whole backstory. And she kind of thought like, oh, I was this fitness guy doing really well and all fit and healthy. And then I just decided to like, kind of go to the next level. Right, just linear and it's all good. Yeah, I was like, no, 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 no. Let's back up a little bit. And it actually, it, it, it um, inspired me to, uh, well, I had been, been doing some kind of deeper introspective work right around that time anyway, and being called to be more open and vulnerable about my down, you know, the, my ups and downs. And uh, after that comment, I called together a Zoom call for all my coaches and all the program, you know, all over the country. I was like, this, you know, Thursday, we're all getting on the phone. And I just opened up like, listen, I'm not perfect. Like, I am not trying to say do this be like me i'm perfect um i like you know i was you know i was both as a health you know from the health side i was in a really bad place a few years ago and as a business side, I, I had some serious downfalls between my two businesses that were so scary and, you know, and all these things. And I really opened up about that. And like you, the, the word you said there, trust, it's like the trust lifted. The, you know, they were already in the program. They already trusted me and stuff, but like it, it like went to the next level. And what I have really learned and now sort of reteach this concept is like when we're in this position of coaches or therapists and, and whatnot, the, our clients don't trust us because we're perfect or because we know every answer or we're, or we're going to have an answer for every single question. They trust us because they can relate to us and they know that we, we just care. Like we care about them and we've been through this struggle. And we're going to make sure that we, we uh, give them 110% and that their struggles now become our goals, right? They don't trust you to be perfect. They don't, you don't need to have every fully bought in on their mission uh, as much as they are. Like you said, when, when um, your client said to you, uh, you know, whatever you say, I'll do it. Or I think it was something like you just said there, whatever you say, I'll do it or whatever. Like that wouldn't happen if they just thought you were just this perfect person. You know, they, they, I'm sure that that comes because they know that you are a real and authentic, similar journey. With yeah. And that, and that they're truly seen, right? That like, yeah. you're not coming from this place of above or just mechanically, yeah, just do X, Y, Z with your clients and everything, you know, because you've been there, because you go through it yourself, yeah. that you have that confidence, like you're talking about this belief, right? I'm going to show up at the, the, I can, some of it's faking it to make it, but some of it's, I can, I will, I want to help this client and I can help my clients, even if I'm imperfect. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Because I'm, because I'm doing the same system. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's what it comes. And, you know, I talk about this thing. It's a, a wisdom economy, right? Information right now is, doesn't hold much value because there's tons of it everywhere and it, nobody knows what to do with it because there's overwhelming. So if you can just help, even if you're not at a 10, you know, you might not be at a 10, but if you're at a, a six on whatever your field is or whatever topic, and you can help a two get to a five, you know, you can help them change their life. And no matter what, what kind of thing, if you can mentor somebody, if you can help them up level, you know, there, you, they, there is value there. And it doesn't have, it doesn't mean you have to be, it doesn't come from being a 10. It comes from being able to help someone from where they uh, get to from point A to point B as uh, efficiently as possible, um, no matter what those two things are. So listening, I encourage anyone to start a coaching business where you help someone solve a problem, go back to yourself two or three years ago and make a design a program that helps that person. And when there, cause there is plenty with, you know, being remote, you, there's, trust me, you can find plenty of people that are in that spot that you were a few years ago and you can, you can do that. You can be like essentially they're, they're the mentor role at state. I've, yeah. I've been, and I know um, you wrap up. I want to give you a chance to, yeah. to tell us how to reach you and what your company's working on and closing. But that's really powerful what you said on many levels. I mean, the power of the minute you help someone else, it gets you away from the attention to what's wrong with us or what's missing. Mm. And it also gives us this chance to see the long view, see the bigger picture. When you help someone else, I just uh, helped to, to support an instructor and a teacher last week. And I realized, wow, I just went through that four years ago. Number one, mm-hmm. I got to relearn principles and techniques that I apply every day. I also got to reflect on my journey and I got to assist someone else in going uh, you know, in the same journey. It's mm. empowering. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. So. And, you're, and you're able to reflect on, you know, you know exactly what it's like to be there, especially like when you're helping people that were, you know what it's like to feel those things. And you, so your heart opens up and you start leading from the heart. And when we lead from the heart, everything seems to fall into place, right? And everything feels right when we're leading from the heart. So this is the world needs, you know, to come, you know, this, this day and age, anybody can connect and anybody can teach anybody anything. So lead from the heart and, uh, people, people need you, you know, people need yeah. you. Well, thank you for leading with your heart and making time on your Friday evening there. Yeah, no problem. This is fun. You get your, get some dinner, get some dinner and family time, man. Yeah, um, absolutely. At least you don't have the smoky air to compete with over there. No, right? I've heard it's bad out there though. So. <laughs> It's clear enough. It looks, it's sunny and bright right now, cloudy skies. So we're lucky. So, but Brian Castell, please tell us, thank you so much. Tell us more, how to reach O23, how to find you and get connected if we want to learn. Yeah. So my, you know, Instagram is where we do most of our stuff. Uh, My personal Instagram is at B Costello with four underscores, not super active. It's more of a, you know, personal account. Business account is O23 underscore coaching underscore system and it's a letter o as in the other 23 um and that's where we're really bringing together tribe a tribe of leaders who want to really lead in any aspect of of health self-optimization you know self-master any of those capacities uh so that's really where we're doing our work and o23coach.com is our website yeah i i just love to connect and and hear from anyone uh that, that listens to the show that has any questions as far as starting a coaching business helping others in any way um this like i said it's what the world needs and where uh what that what i've been called to call the action beautiful well thank you for bringing
using your truth, your authenticity, your journey, your struggle, and your successes that come through facing all that, doing so, and being willing to help other people. Thank you for giving me the uh, opportunity to do so. This has been great. Well, uh, that was an exciting interview with Brian Costello. Thank you so much. 023. You heard it. Check him out. Check out 023 Coaching uh, and learn a little bit more about how to transition from burnout and bring out your inner hero, your inner athlete, even to your adult years and how to approach longevity, health, healing, mindful, balanced way. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. Please, if you can, check out my Patreon page.com, patreon.com slash Richard Listens or Instagram, Richard Listens. Uh, you get the theme. We appreciate all your support and interest. We're now up on iTunes, Spotify. If you're interested in therapy, teletherapy, any kind of consultation, please don't hesitate to reach out to me through my website, richardlistens.com. I'm happy to help and support in any way through any kind of strain, support, or isolation you are going through. We are here to alleviate strain and suffering. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Richard Listens, and I'm out. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Take care, everyone.